Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. I was just looking. There's a flash flood in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, yeah, I got, in, uh, I, I, they got like seven inches of rain in a short period of time. I showed a picture of a guy yeah. swimming down like Main Street in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, oh, there you go. I'm doing the backstroke. He'd <laughs> uh, <laughs> be stunning. Boy, you know, did, we've had some strange things happen in our country recently. And I, I thought it was appropriate that we start off with uh, two items which have almost become the norm now. We're not hearing a lot about it. There was a massive fire in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, I don't know whether you heard about it. It said a massive blaze in eastern Indiana that created plumes of toxic smoke on Tuesday, forcing the evacuation of more than 2,000 residents, took place at a warehouse that had previously been cited as being unsafe, according to court documents. uh, And it goes on and on. But I believe that they were storing plastics in this uh, in this warehouse. Why, and if it's unsafe? I have no idea. But the thing is, how does it start? I mean, no one says if it's if it's a warehouse storing plastic. Does some guy go in there with a cigarette and he's having a smoke break and he throws it into the plastic, or is Kids it something break in? That could be too. Then there's another story which we hear very little about. More than 18,000 cattle were killed and one worker was injured in a massive fire that was set off by an explosion at a Texas dairy farm on Monday, according to authorities. 18,000 cattle. They said that there were some cattle that lived, but they were injured so badly that they're probably going to have to be destroyed. One person was uh, injured, but they said it should have been and could have been so, so many more. Uh, Do we have a group or a person that's a serial arsonist with all these places of grave import or would, you know, can do harm to us mm-hmm. catching fire where we're well, talking food Bill, processing plants? Well, that was a plane that crashed into a lot of them. But, you know, what's going on? Well, this goes to what we were talking about. I mean, how many how many food processing plants have been destroyed in the past two years in our yeah, country? There, there's the law of probability and the law of probability says you know, one or two, yeah, it's within the law of probability. But when you've got, oh, let's say you've got a, a field of 150 of them and uh, uh, over 100 of them just, poof, catch on fire, that's an assault. That's an attack. And we have got a problem then. So um, we're letting military-age men come across the border. No problem at all. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Go wherever you want. We're not uh, stopping them or detaining them in any way. We're just letting them go anywhere they want to go in the country. And some of these guys are from China. Some are from Iran. Some are from the Ukraine. Um, Not a big deal. Do we think they're all coming here to get a job, or do you think there's more to it? Yeah, but what what there is to it, I don't know. There's so many different ways you can look at this. And we've looked at every way, and I'm sure all the ways we've looked at Uh are probably not the real answer because – I think you know, I the, think I'll be honest with you, Bill. I'm, this is maybe the writer in me. I like to write fiction, but I, mm-hmm. I I think that we're allowing a revolutionary army to come into the country unchecked. Maybe they come mm-hmm. in unarmed, and maybe they're dressed like civilian laborers. But when you're you're letting a bunch of twenty year old men come in with no family, I mean thousands and thousands of them, and they just disappear into our uh, into our country. Uh, do you think that maybe some of them are here with a plan? I mean, they're coming from China. That means they have to fly across the Pacific and then come in to the the southern border. And the the, the air ticket to get from China to here is it's not cheap. I mean, back in 2000, you were talking eight to ten grand for a ticket. Yeah. Now it's got to be way above that. So if you saw the plume of smoke on both of these fires, Mm -hmm. the uh, Richmond, Indiana fire and uh, the fire down in in Texas at the dairy, I mean, this was not like a small farm out in the middle of nowhere. This was a massive industrial complex, a big, big dairy that uh, made a lot of, you know, produced a lot of milk products and uh, and it, it it's up in smoke. It's gone. 
You got to wonder what started that too. You know, I mean, was a cow smoking? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, come on, you know, you you look at fertilizers and different things well, that they have. Yeah, that that's could true. be in in that in that complex there. I mean, hell, it was dairy products for the most part, not dairy products, but you know, farm related materials that uh, blew up the uh, FBI building that took it down in uh, what Oklahoma. You know, with uh, stuff packed in because. You can take fertilizer well, and fuel what, and all what, of a sudden what, have a bomb. What borders? What borders Texas, Mexico? You know, yeah. I mean, could it could it have been done by some uh, illegals that came across the southern? I'm just saying, uh, nobody's asking any questions. Nothing. Uh, no, because you might get answers, and then that might lead to uh, you know um, uh, what's really going on. You, you, we don't. They don't want us to know that. They're just doing it. The plastics plant, plastics are going to make that big plume, but it sounds to me like you're asking the question, you know. Okay, so let me, what was the catalyst? Let you me know, ask you. We have balloons, spy balloons now we know, spy balloons coming across our border and leisurely floating above our military bases before being destroyed off the eastern coast. Not a problem. We have tens of thousands of strangers coming in from our southern border and uh, not being detained or sent back, not, mm -hmm. a, not a problem. We have attacks on certain utility uh, centers, like uh, there was one up in the northwest about four months ago, and then there was one down in the Carolinas about uh, three months ago where they attacked the power plant, uh, and no big deal, not nothing to see here. Just move along. We have tens of thousands of how many did they say um, worldwide of the uh, of the uh, food processing plants? I mean, it was a lot. It, I mean, we've had over a hundred in our country. I yeah, think they over a hundred, and, and, and but in the thousands worldwide. I mean, I, I could be. That's in my head. I I think in the whole. Well, thing. when you say that, you know. Who's vulnerable? United States is vulnerable. Canada is vulnerable. South America is vulnerable. Mexico is vulnerable. Europe is vulnerable. Russia, yeah, they're a little bit vulnerable too. China is not vulnerable. They've got plentiful food, you know, and we were always saying we're the breadbasket of the world. Well, That's they because, blew up our breadbasket. Yeah, but you know, you know who sends wheat to China? Yeah. Uh, we do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know who sells farmland to China? We do. we do, you know. I mean, at some point, somebody has got to say enough. You know, I like uh, some of our Republican congressmen. I like Jim Jordan. I like uh, Josh Hawley. I like uh, a bunch of them. Uh, Comer is is a good uh, representative, but there are so many who are just placeholders down there doing absolutely nothing. They're there for the ride and the benefits. I mean, mm -hmm. we we need some people who are going to be uh, political leaders and uh, people who are going to really do something to, to fix our country. Our country is seriously hurt. And, uh, you know, I, I got to play this cut for you. I found this this morning. Ron Paul, he's Rand Paul's father. Mm -hmm. yeah, and Ron, Ron went, uh, he ran for president uh, a while back. He, he's a pretty smart guy. He was a smart guy even when he ran for office way back when, but he was a little too radical for mainstream, the mainstream Republican Party. Why? But, he's a doctor. Yes, but, but his, his, what he had to say about things was, oh, you shouldn't talk like that. Listen to what he says uh, in this cut. This was uh, from a podcast, uh, I think it was yesterday. You know, there's been a coup that take a, we don't have any resemblance uh, to a government that believes in a republic. We don't have honest money. We don't have integrity. We don't even have people in Washington that even pretends, you know, that you're supposed to tell the truth. You know, remember just recently there was a congressperson that won and he, he won by putting on his resume just a bunch of lies. <laughs> and, and, and the other ones got hysterical. The other congressman. <laughs> 
telling lies like this? And I got to thinking, well, how many of these people that were complaining about this guy telling lies, how many of them lied when they raised their hand up and swore to uphold the Constitution? Now, that's a lie that really has consequences. Actually, you could probably uh, make fun and make a little joke because his jokes weren't, everybody knew he was fibbing, but uh, the real lies are, are being told, and, and that is our big problem. But I do believe there has been a coup, and it's been taken over, and if I want to, if I can, I want to just put the date in my mind, and you, anybody could pick probably any date in the last hundred years, but I have picked, uh, I have picked November 22nd, 1963. What happened on that day? That was the day Kennedy was murdered by our government. Wow. We have said that on this show here. Mm -hmm. We have said that. But what I he think says, most people realize that is true. I think if you ask anybody privately, you're sitting uh, on the couch in the easy chair, having a glass of wine, having a beer, they're going to go, you know, it probably is true. Well, we need to get out of the probably casual stage and just hitch up our britches and admit it is true. Because once we come to the reality that the government stinks, then, if it stank then, it really stinks now. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, we have a guy who um, goes to Ireland, and he literally, if you listen to him speak yesterday in uh, Belfast and in Dublin, the guy sounded incoherent. He, he rambled and bumbled on. I'm not going to bore you with any audio from it, but believe me when I say he had people in the audience cross-eyed, like, what the heck is this guy talking about? And hunters parading around with him in Ireland, shaking hands like he is a dignitary representing the United States. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's got a crack pipe in his back pocket or in his lapel, you know, and he's probably got the number to a couple of uh, strip, strip clubs, you know, for some private dances going on later. Well, yeah, that's Hunter. He really ticked off Jim Jordan. Really? Oh, did. yes, he did. Listen, yeah. listen to this. Chris, you know, what, what goes through your mind when you see Hunter traveling with the president and, you know, doing the rope line, shaking hands with everybody? I think it's just how brazen the left has become. I mean, I mean, go back to what I said earlier. The fact that the IRS knocked on a journalist's door while he is testifying in front of Congress after that same journalist had learned the FTC mentioned him in a letter to a private company. I just think there, there's no bounds now. And this is the scary part. The, the Biden, uh, Hunter Biden behaves this way. You, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see the state of Georgia go after President Trump. I hope it doesn't happen. I think you may see the special counsel go after President Trump. I hope it doesn't happen, but that's just how how ridiculous the left has become, and it's not good, not good at all for our great country. So we're going after a former president of the United States who did a lot of good things for our country despite being attacked by so many on the left for no good reason, proven to be false allegations, by by the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they accused him of Russia, 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 as he likes to, to say. They uh, impeached him twice to uh, no avail, but they still did the process. They still dragged us through all of that turmoil. And they got the impeachment on something that never happened that didn't exist. And they're doing this right. again. You know, you've got Georgia that's going on, and they're, you know, misaligning, you know, what was said down there. Who was the lady that was uh, the publisher? She, you know, she, she's not an attractive woman now. I didn't think she was back then. You know, and that, that should be a, a red herring for you right there, that there's a problem with this story. But she's suing him for defamation of character and uh, rape or assault and everything she, like she that. Is she the one who supposedly, uh, he, he, they had a, he, he supposedly assaulted her in a restroom or something like that? Uh, yeah, she's got the short hair. And, and, and you know, they, you look at her younger pictures, I'm going like, even if it were something that would have been in the mind of some people, no, not her. Well, and I'm not trying to be mean, but I no, think not that her. I think that that story uh, initially was thrown out like that. Either they dismissed she's it. She's lost it several times, but now that Abbott got this one thing snuck through in New York, they're going. Let's line up all these dead cases. They're they're not uh, well. A dead file is a file that's never been proven. They've never had the evidence, or it they don't have anything. Mm -hmm. His these files were, you know, met 
answered debunked. So they're not dead files. They are non-files, but yeah. they're digging them back up, resurrecting them as if they're brand new, brand new, because you don't remember them. Yeah. And they're representing them, and that is, uh, uh, I, I mean, this al- it's this, illegal. You can't double jeopardy. This there. Alvin Bragg case uh, was, uh, I mean, his predecessor, Cy Vance, uh, he wouldn't bring it, and he hated Trump, but he didn't bring it because he said it has no substance to it. It well, doesn't have any legs. And Bragg initially, when he came into office, said, I'm not going to file this. But someone put pressure on him behind the scenes, and all of a sudden, here it was again. And, you know, in our country, you're guilty until proven innocent. I mean, yeah. it, it, they, they may say you're innocent until proven guilty, but in, in many people's eyes, the accusation is all what, they need. What tells me that Trump is going to be indicted is because what happened afterwards when Jim Jordan sat there and said, I am subpoenaing the other you know, prosecutor right. who didn't want to do anything. And then Abbott came back and said, oh, wait a minute. This is an attack. This is this and that. And it's, it's a BS attack. Everyone says that. Yeah. But it's in a New York court that is allowing other BS attacks. And a, this one against Jim Jordan is allowed and saying that he and Trump conspired and yada, yada, yada. This is going to have some very evil consequences. Well, what's happened is we're seeing on the law in the United we're States seeing the legal system being used as a political weapon on both sides right now. But, I mean, in, in Jim Jordan's case, when he summoned uh, Bragg up to uh, down to Washington to speak in front of Congress, uh, he wants clarification because Bragg admits to have using – have used federal funds to indict President Trump. And when you use federal funds, you have they have the right to ask for an accounting. I'm talking about mm-hmm. Congress. And uh, Bragg doesn't want to go down in front of Congress. And this is going to be interesting. I mean, I think he's going to have to go down because I think it, it'll be uh, to a point where if he doesn't go down, they'll send the marshals uh, to his office and escort him to uh, Washington. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they get him down in front of Congress, especially in an open hearing when people can hear him answer questions, because they'll ask some pointed questions, I'm sure, and it'll be quite obvious to anybody watching uh, that uh, this whole process up in New York was a dog and pony show. I think that they intentionally want to embarrass President Trump. They want to minimize him as much as they can. I don't think he's going to go to jail for any of these charges. I don't think that they're going, I think they'd like to see him go to jail, but I just don't think there's any there, there, if you know what I mean. But I do think that um, they, they feel that if they can embarrass him enough, if they can minimize him enough, he can't win the presidency again. Right. You see, now I think that uh, sometimes it's like a, a coin. A coin has two sides. Well, evil has two sides, too. There's one side that goes, we're going to take this guy down. We don't care. We don't care if we kill him. The other side just wants to minimize him you know, to where he doesn't have a shot. And they're doing a damn good job with nothing. They, yeah. Well, I say nothing. They're, 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 they're fabricating everything that they got, and they've got the power to fabricate. And that's what's sad. And you know, how do you attack it? You know, they're creating controversy that was not, is not, never was there. Not much talk about this, but he's supposedly, I think, coming up to New York City again today mm-hmm. uh, to answer questions from Letitia James, the New York State Attorney General, which she's a joke, too. I mean, another now, Soros. What are these questions Another about? Soros is, is... plant. Oh, she, she would love desperately to be able to, uh, to charge Trump, too. On a, on a statewide basis. I mean, these people are so obviously uh, shallow. I mean, they, they, have, they have nothing at all uh, other than attack Trump on their plate. That's it. You know, they both of these people, Letitia James and Bragg, uh, both campaigned on getting Trump. They campaigned. That was like their main issue. It wasn't crime on the streets. It wasn't protecting your family from 
the the the, uh, the bad guys in your neighborhood. No, no, no. Their issue was to bring down Donald Trump. Now, to a lot of people in New York, and I, I would submit that I think a lot of people who vote in New York probably uh, really don't have a right to vote, if you know what I mean. I mean, mm. they're there, and they live in the neighborhood, and, well, what the heck, let them vote. You know, I'm not going to—I don't think they can ask the question, are you a citizen, in the voting booth. No, they can't. See, our election process is compromised. That's a problem there. I have problems with the two people that they chose, and I'm not going to get into my details on it, but I think they were chosen for other reasons than what they that you might think. It's not because uh, Abbott's qualified and Letitia is you not mean qualified. Bragg. You mean Albert. Or Bragg. Bragg. Yeah. yeah, Bragg. I mean, Bragg is not qualified. And, uh, you know, our young lady is not qualified either, but there is an apparent reason that they're using them. And um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because the lawsuits, both of them, hold no water. They really don't. And I think we're setting a bad, you know, example what, here. With well, I mean, doing. what's happened now, and this is going this could happen more and more often in the future. You know, the, the Democrats laugh because they're attacking Trump. He was a, a staunch Republican, the MAGA, the head of the MAGA movement. Uh, and, and they're really happy that they can go after him in court. But how are they going to feel when all of a sudden the roles are reversed? That could happen. That could happen in the not too distant future. How will they feel if suddenly uh, a Democratic president is being attacked uh, in court by a local DA? Uh <laughs> What are they going to say then? You know, it's, it's like what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? So you can't you can't bitch and moan in the future when it's happening to your guy. And there's a distinct possibility that's going to be the case because you've opened up this Pandora's box. You've started, started this ball rolling. You know, up until this very moment when they brought President Trump in to be booked, that never happened in our history. Never in our history did that ever happen. But it's now going to be part of the norm. It's going to be acceptable now because you guys started it. Yeah. But then again, we get back to everything is a distraction. And the big distraction is what we talked about yesterday with Russia and China and the threat of nuclear war. Mm -hmm. You know, so... I mean, what, you know, what fight do we pick, you know, or what, what, you know, do we defend I, I think, Trump? I think we're in such deep doo-doo around the world and we're being, like you said, we're being distracted. Uh, the media is minimizing what's going on in the world. We're talking about these nonsense things. Uh, I say nonsense. Um, it's important what happened to President Trump, but uh, in the meantime, you know, Rome is burning, you know. Yeah, if, you, if we go to the rescue of the president, we risk the the loss of our country because we will not win a war. Let's just face it. We will not. Nobody will win a war, a nuclear war, but that's what's going to happen. You know, pick your war. You pick a war with Russia, you're still picking a war with China. You pick a war with China, you still got Russia. So. Yeah. We, you know, we've got that going on. Let's let's fight the good fight and defend Trump and hope things hold off. I'm going China to, uh, is going to seize the moment. Russia, they're they're not going to wait for us for this Ukraine, you know, debacle they got going on. They've they've waited enough. And we don't know what the end game is in the Ukraine. We just haven't got an end game. We don't know what Biden considers uh, a victory. Now they're talking about. I don't know that you heard this. Now they're talking about rebuilding the Ukraine after the war is old, over. The U.S. contributing to the rebuilding of the Ukraine after the war is over. Why we have to pay for the Ukraine to be rebuilt is beyond me. I well, mean, you know, we've done that in every war. You go to war, you break things, you blow yeah, things but, up. But we're not at war. Well, no, we're not. We're doing it anyway, but uh, we may as well be. But either way, you do it to get attention, 
And at some point, one side or the other says, uncle, and that's it. You say, and let that be a lesson to you. And you might do humanitarian things, but you get the hell out of there because unless we make money on rebuilding that infrastructure, there is no reason for us to get involved. Unless it was the whole idea that let's go ahead and create this war. Let's go blow it all up so we can make money fixing it. But we well, never have made money. We never collected the debts from World War II. The key word is infrastructure, and that's where they're talking about rebuilding. The infrastructure. I mean, it's one thing if they were to send uh, hospital ships or something over there to help, like you said, with the humanitarian efforts. But uh, if you're talking about rebuilding the highways and bridges and uh, getting them up and going, we have our own bridges and highways here, which we they should be fixed. Take, yeah, which need to be fixed. Exactly right. And, yeah, and you know what? Are, are we going to have American labor all over there doing that job, or is it going to be their labor and we're paying them? Yeah, I think it's going to be their labor and we're paying them. Yeah. So it's out of our taxpayers' dollars, dollar, uh, pockets. It is not going to be dollars in U.S. pockets. It's going to be dollars over there. The only U.S. pockets it'll go into are the big companies that control it all, even like this Bush, Anheuser-Busch, Mulvaney thing. Anheuser-Busch was a great American company, but it's not an American company anymore. It's a right. global company. They sold Bush to it, and everything that it owned, That's even the Rolling Rock beer that you see that uh, that marketing person drink, drinking that came from Latrobe, you know, was sold to Anheuser-Busch. And so now it's a global company that has nothing to do with Yinzal. You, you mean, know, you mean it's, not, it's not made in Latrobe, Pennsylvania anymore, like they used to say. No, it's not. I mean, I don't even know if Icy Light over there is made there. That might be the only thing made there. That's sad. It really is. But the thing is, they've lost $5 billion in the first few days of the campaign. $5 billion. They, they figured it's $500 million a day. So it's actually probably more than five billion. Although I think well, somebody the tried to say it's only three billion. Yeah. and they're actually making money with it. Oh, and sure I'm like, they oh. are. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, they're to the rescue. You know that uh, it's it, it's you and me and the rest of the right that's making up these numbers and and all the backlash and yeah. Uh, but you know when they do the backlash, they do the name call, calling. You know, country music—they're big on their beer drinking. And now they're talking about these aging country stars that are sitting there doing the boycott. Really? You're going to play the age, you're yeah. playing the age card here. So you're, you're dividing, you're dividing us to conquer is conquer us is what you're doing. It's a battle of young versus old. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? He had a picture of Kid Rock. Did you see it where he took his AK-47? No. Yeah, he yeah. shot up. He didn't have a, it wasn't an AK-47. It was the AR-15 that he has. And uh, he shot up a few cases of uh, of Bud Light as a I kind of wish he hadn't done that. It was great. But I kind of wish he hadn't done that because they're going to take that and make, make him the poster child of why we shouldn't have. These kind of guns. Well, it was his, you know, over it, something stupid. It was. Uh, I think it was wonderful. Hey, listen, he has a right to own it. It's yes, his. He does. It's his property. He was on, and he had bought the 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 cases of beer to shoot him up, and that you can was, do whatever you want with that beer. Exactly right. And uh, I'm tired of the left dictating what's right and wrong when it comes to uh, the weapons. I mean, we have a, a right to bear arms. It's in the Constitution. And it doesn't say we only have a right to bear arms under certain circumstances. And if the guy wants to go out and shoot in his backyard, so be it. He's not hurting anybody. I haven't got the uh, article in front of me, but uh, someone said uh, the worst school shooting incident mm -hmm. wasn't Columbine or uh, any of these other more recent. It actually happened in 1925 in the Midwest. Really? Nobody talks about that. I, I'll have to find the article and, and bring it up. But it's this is not something which is specific to our era. But maybe you can look at it, uh, or first school shootings. Uh, you may find the article. And while you do that, I want to read something else which I thought was All interesting right. this morning. Japan urged residents of Hokkaido to uh, seek immediate shelter on Thursday after North Korea launched at least one apparent ballistic missile, the country's J-Alert warning system was activated 
at about 7.55 a.m., about 20 minutes after the launch, with residents urged to take shelter either inside buildings or underground. The missile was expected to land near Japan's northernmost prefecture, which is like a county, that's, you know, they call them prefectures, uh, around 8 a.m. South Korea's military also confirmed the launch of an unspecified missile. Things are not, uh, not great right now on the Korean Peninsula or in Japan or in Taiwan. That whole area is in turmoil. Yeah, there were a bunch of uh, massacres in uh, school shootings that happened right around 1925, 1927. There was a bombing that remains America's deadliest school bombing. Um, yeah. That was May 18th, 1927. 44 dead, including 38 yes. students. That. Uh, so you had that. Uh, you had the Wilno School Massacre. was a school shooting that occurred. Uh, I got an icon here in front of it on May 6, 1925. There seems to be a, a pattern here. May, May. That's interesting. Here's the thing uh, that gets me, though. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about that as uh, those incidences having ever taken place. The media is silent about that. They go only back to Columbine, and that's it. It's like it's a new era problem. The fact of the matter is those things happen in the early part of the 20th century, too. That's the amazing thing. Um, yeah, here, the Enoch Square, uh, what is it? The Enoch Brown School uh, Massacre, uh, which predates the, uh, the invention of the original Colt revolver by 70 years. Wow. You know, it was a place for mass murder. So... It, it's happened a lot, and yeah. way before you and I and anybody else listening was born. Maybe not Joe, but either way, you know, he's the devil himself reincarnate. But, uh, but let me ask you a question. When are we going to learn, and I would submit that those incidents took place even back then because they were, they were areas you could go to where there was no one with a gun to protect these people. These people Probably were true. Yeah. They were young you know targets, what? easy marks. And I, and we've why got, did they do that? Were they rats in a cage at a time? That's was it. There, I, you had nobody protecting them. They were an easy yeah. target. But what was going on socially that was going on at those times, the 20s? Uh, we had a lot of things going on. You know, well, wars. I mean, we the 20s okay. were called the Roaring 20s. Uh, a lot of people would say that it was a very decadent time when you look at what, you know, we just come out of World War One, And before right. that, before that, we were very prim and proper. Remember, the ladies had long dresses to the sidewalk right. and they, they really hid their figures. And uh, it was a much more Victorian type environment. And then after World War One. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, it was like a release. We had the flappers. We had the Roaring Twenties doing the Charleston. We had a lot of people drinking their their liquor. You know, we had prohibition, but they had the speakeasies and they had the yeah. boot, bootleggers. So the iniquity of mankind. Yes. In other words, our perversions took over. We had uh, the temperance movement. People were trying to to uh, squelch this kind of lifestyle. So there was a lot of turmoil in our society back then, too. Just like there's a lot of turmoil in our society right now. I mean, this whole uh, trans thing that we're going through right now, an issue that didn't even exist uh, as recently as three years ago. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, they've taken something which I never, ever thought would be normalized. You know, the, the drag queens and things like that. I just thought that was an, an outlier. That wasn't a real... Uh, Thing to well, be Mulvaney, to, to, to his whatever, he, if he believes that's what he is, he, he documented his changeover online. But I really do believe it was he was looking at a way to set himself apart. He danced on Ellen's show yeah. uh, as a guy. But, but what he's done is he's taken this perversity yeah. and turned it into a moneymaker for him. Right. And that's exactly what he did. It's all about money. And, I mean, really, you correlate the 20s and what was going on then, you could correlate it to now, and uh, the uncertainty of our future financially, everything else. You were between wars. We have conflicts going on right now. We are overdue. Like, you know, somebody goes, well, that's a volcano that's waking up. It's getting ready to blow. You know, we can only go so long. 
to where we don't like the company that we're keeping and we got to have a family feud, a war. And oh boy, uh, the sad part about I it hate is that analogy, but that's it's true. The sad part about it is we've we've really and truly put ourselves in a a dark a dark place because yeah, we may have that that attitude, but the weaponry that we've built over the years, over the over the decades have gotten so destructive, so final. They're so final. I mean, we're talking about nuclear weapons. You know, in World War One, World War Two, they were terrible wars. A lot of people died. But, you know, you could kind of evade the problem sometimes. If you were nimble on your feet, you could get out of the way. In some, Even in the countries where they had battles like France and Germany, if you knew that there was an invading force coming your way, you packed up your stuff and you left. But when we're talking about nuclear weapons, when you can just drop them on a city and take out the suburbs too, what do you do? I mean, these are these are. Uh, these well, are... I think it goes beyond the nuclear, just the threat of nuclear weapons. I mean, back in World War One, you know, even when we go back to the Civil War and World War Two, you know, you were looking at weapons that were controlled by us. We we sat there, we called the shots. Whether it was gonna, we were gonna take those weapons, go forward and kill with them, or fire warning shots. But now, you know, you've got artificial intelligence, you know, machines that think right. for themselves. Now, you know, we talked about the Gerald R. Ford, one of the most right. uh, sophisticated aircraft carriers ever. It's a floating city. These guys can live out there for a long time. Submarines are that way, too. But these guided missile destroyers, you know, that are out there, right? they have AI control. So the, the artificial intelligence can navigate, navigate the, the ship control the propulsion of the ship, uh, can sit there and identify the enemy and target it and take it out. It can think for itself. Uh, and yet you've got intelligence that has in in their state of testing have outthunk man. They say in I can't years, imagine that we would give the final decision to to targets to fire on something. Well I would imagine there is a a, a switch. Yeah. Where you relinquish control. Let's just say you're a warship at sea. You have a, an assigned task. That AI knows what it is. You're the commander. You've been hit with an agent that has killed your crew or you're dying. Well, that, and for that ship to make do what it has to do, it's going to have to go into right but, mode. But I also think that conversely, it, I think that they could use AI to take uh, targeting up to a certain point, but the decision to fire, I would think, is always a human decision. But it's I always, just gave you a scenario where yeah, the human is but out I, of it. Yeah, that was like a, that. Almost sounds like a great movie script where the ship is destroyed except for a few key members, and they're they're too sick to perform. So we put it on automatic. Uh, we put it on AI function. Let it fire. But but I think that that's the true exception and not the rule. I think. Uh, on a, on a regular basis, you can have the targeting, targeting system do the whole routine of finding the target, putting the weapons on it as far as lining them up to fire, and then saying to the captain, when you're ready, you know, yeah. do, do you want this knocked out? And the captain has to make the decision. I, I'm afraid, and I think this is going to happen very soon, uh, we're going to be in a situation where our whole world is being run by AI. And, yeah, and but you know the, the, the interesting thing to that? Maybe the AI will be smart enough to contact the opposing AI and go, you know. Well, maybe they'll it, say. It'll take a machine to call it off. Yeah, but maybe the AI will talk to the opposing AI and say, do we really need these humans around here? They're causing a lot of problems. Exactly. And, Let and, them and, die and let's just forget about this and go we'll sail around the world. I mean, I don't want AI to be smarter than us. And we're, I think we're at that point. Well, there's a call by like Elon Musk. We need to freeze AI for at least six months or a year to kind of get a grasp of where we are and where we want to go with this. In other words, let's get a handle on this before we give it all away. Because we're yeah. about to sit there and give our lives to a machine. And that is a false prophet and a god right there. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are not really into tech stuff, we should point out that AI means artificial intelligence, okay? I mean, I can't imagine that you don't know it, but there are people who just don't uh, 
get into terminology. Uh, hey, you I, know what? It was man that came up with that, so we're not so dumb ourselves. But then again, we are man. I talk and to one every day. When I talk to my uh, my little Amazon, uh, I won't. I don't want to say. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah. want to say you, her you, name. You have you you have Lady A. Yes, I don't want to say I her ha- name. I have she'll... Lady Z. Yes, my, mine is. Yeah, you, you gave her a custom name. But the thing is. Uh, they are an amazing device in that you can ask the weather and uh, what, who won the ball game tonight. And, Which and, means that somewhere in a computer, a cloud somewhere, she's listening. All the time. All the time. And you got to wonder, um, how did it get started? I mean, where did it begin? And how did it get to this point? It, it did so in a very quiet way all of a sudden well, you, now I, I can buy a device that i can talk to but it was the government that invented this subworld of the inter- internet they invented it but didn't obama give it away well he gave a lot to china i know he gave i know yeah, i know didn't Clinton he, did didn't too. He, yeah but the government has no control oh i think what you're saying about giving it obama gave it to a private corporation in california the yes. internet was owned by the U.S. government, and he gave it away to a private company uh, in California. Now we don't have control over the internet. So, but we have uh, our electric grid. We have power companies, gas companies. We have your banking institutions all working around on the internet. That is no longer which you know is is under the. Guise of our uh, guidance of our government and protection of our government. No, it's it's out there free willy nilly for anybody to get a hold of, and so everything about you. Why do you think there's so many hack jobs going on oh, in the past four or five years? I mean, and you get these letters. We've been hacked. We're going to give you free coverage for this. But then again, then that comes with a letter. But after a year, you'll have to buy it. Oh, great! So this yeah. is a sales hack job. You probably hacked it yourself. Yeah, right. You know, but all your information is out there for all. You know, you, you almost want to go dark and go off the internet. You ever wonder what would happen if uh, we 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 lose our power, we lose all of our computers? Uh, what happens to us as a society? We become so dependent. Uh, I I gotta bring this story up before we run out of, out of time. Uh, right. Yesterday, the EPA announced that they're going to have uh, heavier requirements on emissions on, I believe, trucks. And uh, they said that by 2032, 67% of all trucks will be electric. This is the EPA administrator yesterday. The second set of proposed standards would apply to heavy-duty vocational vehicles, such as delivery trucks, dump trucks, public utility trucks, transit, school buses, and more. The proposed standards are the final pieces of EPA's clean trucks plan and will complement the heavy-duty nitrogen oxide standards we established last December. Like the light and medium-duty proposal, the heavy-duty proposal uses performance-based technology standards that enable manufacturers to achieve compliance efficiently based on the composition of their fleets. EPA Administrator Michael uh, Regan, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Uh, these people are going to destroy us as a country. Absolutely. Um, yeah. First of all, uh, what happens when your car runs out of uh, power in the middle of, uh, let's say, the Pennsylvania Turnpike? I'll use that as, as an example because people think of Pennsylvania as being uh, an eastern state for the most part and uh, kind of urban. But in reality, if you've ever driven the PA Turnpike, there's a lot of a lot of empty space uh, between exits. So let's say you're miles from an exit and you uh, run out of a charge. What do you do then with your rolling paperweight? You well, know, you just whip out the handy dandy uh, generator crank. Oh, good. <laughs> be, yeah, you'll be doing that for a while. Believe me. I don't think that electric is the answer. At least electric as they're trying to sell it now, but. Boy, they're pushing it down our throats. They're really pushing it down our throats. You got to have an electric car by 2032. Electric trucks and buses. I mean, what's going to happen to our our uh, the truck drivers out there? The the guys who have the big rigs are they going to have to have uh, electric big rigs in 2032? That's only nine years from now. What's going to happen? Well, you you would wonder. Look, you know, I. I... I could dreamscape a lot of ideas, but none of it's out there. 
the simple fact is I don't see how they're gonna they're gonna get it all together, but they must have some clue that there's technology that they are going to unleash on it, but it's not gonna come cheap. We can't even get our bridges and highways fixed. And they're going to... Well, maybe what? we're not going to need them. They're going to have a form of public transportation. Everyone goes, oh, we'll be like the Jetsons. Yeah, well, for the elite, maybe. But not for us. I think you and me, we will have oh. to be... Have you, work, se- have you seen the... Of public transportation? Have you seen the trains in India? Have you seen, they have, they have uh, public transportation, too. Have you seen the trains in India? The trains no. in India are... They're not leisurely, comfortable trains. They are... Wall-to-wall people packed in like sardines, hanging on the roofs. I mean, they are literally uh, just covered with humanity, and that could be where we're at in the future, in that dystopian Probably future. So. Uh, it's not Probably gonna, so. We have got to get our act together, and we've got to start questioning some of these rules and regulations they're shoving down our throat. And, you know, there's no discussion on these rules. That EPA director came out with that uh, proposed rule uh, yesterday, like it was an edict from on high, and we better get used to it. Anyway, uh, I, I want to point out one more thing before we run out of time. Uh, Tucker had Trump on uh, yeah, his program, the and they were talking about the Nord Stream uh, explosion, the Nord Stream pipeline ex- explosion. Listen to what President Trump said. Destruction of the Nord Stream pipeline, the natural gas pipeline that carried, well, natural gas from east to western Europe, was the single most profound act of environmental terrorism in history. It released more deadly CO2 into the atmosphere. It was also an attack on our NATO allies. Our NATO allies are the beneficiaries of the natural gas pipeline. Germany, which is the core of European NATO, suffered. So the Biden administration was talking about how much it loves NATO, attacked NATO, and they did it. They promised to carry it out. They haven't really denied that they did it. So during an interview with Donald Trump yesterday, we thought we'd ask, who does he think did it? We previewed the answer last night. Here's the full exchange. Who blew up the Nord Stream pipeline? Um, I don't want to get our country in trouble, so I won't answer it. But uh, I can tell you who it wasn't was Russia. Yeah. How about when they blamed Russia? You know, They said Russia blew up their own pipeline. You got a kick out of that one, too. It wasn't Russia. Um, so I won't answer the question because I don't want to get our country yeah. any deeper than they already are. But it sort of all starts. We have, you know, we have the most incredible equipment. I rebuilt our whole military. We have things that are, you can do anything. We're equipped to do anything. But I refuse to say it because I want our country to be pristine. But it was... Uh, you know, in many ways, blowing it up was very bad because it really created a lot of problems for Europe in terms of uh, the cost of energy. Oh, yeah. But they shouldn't have ever been. I had that pipeline stopped, Nord Stream 2. I had it stopped, totally stopped. When Biden came in, he approved it, and they immediately started the finishing action. I had Nord Stream because I said, for Germany and Europe to get their energy from Russia, that was when I said I sent Angela Merkel the, bla- the flag. I sent her the white flag of surrender. She said, but why, but why do you do that? I said, you've been fighting Russia for many years. If you ever have to fight with Russia and they control energy, you might as well just take the white flag of surrender. And that's what I did. So uh, that was blown up and uh, very dangerous to do it. But I think most people know who did it. So once we start blowing up other people's critical infrastructure, is there a concern ours could get blown up in return? Well, I, I think it's much more than infrastructure you're talking about. Look, we could end up in World War III over this whole thing. Forget about pipeline. We are closer. I believe it's the most dangerous period of time in history. Number one, because we have people on top that are incompetent. That's number one. And. Again, China's fine if you know how to deal. Russia, if you know how to deal. Russia wasn't going into Ukraine with me. China wasn't going into Taiwan with me. I mean, now all you see is, you know, China with ships all over the place and sending airplanes and bombers. That wasn't happening with me. He knew you can't do it. And also, Russia knew you can't do it. They would have never done it. The most dangerous period of time because of weaponry, because of nuclear because of weaponry, most dangerous period of time in the history 
of our country and in the history of the world right now. And we have an incompetent person at the top. It's essentially what we were just saying. It's the most dangerous period of time because of our weaponry. I mean, we've had other world wars and uh, it wasn't quite as dangerous as what we could have now. I mean, one bomb can take out a, a city the size of Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Indianapolis or Detroit. I mean, it could go on and on. And, you know, it would render those cities useless for for hundreds of years, maybe. Thousands. Thousands of years. Now, I will say this. We are a pretty uh, ingenious con- country. Uh, you look at the, the Iran-Iraq war and all the scorched earth out there, all the wells that were set afire, and everyone said they can never be done. And they got, I forget the guy, Red, I think his, uh, his nickname from Texas, to put out well fires. Red Adair. That's right. He went in there, and uh, he came up with a quick method to do it and had them all done yeah. in, in record time. Before you, the news could even report it, he was done. You know how he did and, it? He put dynamite. He literally went right to the wellhead, yeah. and by blowing a charge at the wellhead, it sucked all the oxygen out. Well, that's that's how you do it anyway. But yeah, yeah. he just kind of he just supercharged he, it. He was he was a, an amazing guy, Red Adair. We talked a couple of days ago about the ABC Ipsos poll, and they were so proud to announce that Trump was slipping in the polls. Then a poll came out yesterday. Uh, interactive polls. Uh, they shared their latest poll. It's from Massachusetts, which is probably one of the biggest uh, blue states in our in our country. Right? Yeah, it has Trump at fifty nine percent, DeSantis at eighteen percent, and Pence at ten percent, and the rest is for the also rans. So Cooner's uh, doing his job up there. Forty one percent difference between Trump. And DeSantis, and uh, the beat goes on. They don't talk about that. <laughs> it's like, no, and don't say a they, word. Yeah, they don't talk about it. Last night they were talking about something's wrong with Trump. These are the lowest numbers ever and all that. Yeah. And they point out all the negative things going on. Well, guys, you're the uh, the seeds of destruction here that have planted all those little stories and everything, and uh, none of it's true, but... Uh, I I do think that they have a chance. Another thing pulling that, off something that they shouldn't pull off. Another thing that you won't hear much about, Bill, mm-hmm. is President Trump is suing ex-lawyer Michael Cohen for more than five hundred million dollars. That'll make him swallow hard. Five hundred what? <laughs> Holy smokes! Five hundred million dollars allegedly uh, for breaching his attorney-client relationship, unjust enrichment. And much more. But when you think about it, it makes sense. And by the way, they say it's not because of what he's doing with the Bragg case. You know, because he's supposedly Bragg's key witness. But he did breach an attorney-client relationship. You know, it's supposed to be sacrosanct. You're not supposed to be able to uh, talk about your client without their permission. You know, and even then, good lawyers won't do it unless it's in writing, uh, unless they have a, or a ruling from the court. Sometimes, yeah, if the judge waives all that, but you know, you should see what's going on. And at some point in time, I, I'm really kind of appalled that the, you know, the, the the conservative base of America is not seeing what is going on or understanding what's going on. I get it that the news is not. You know, letting you hear these stories, you got to find it on your own. But you better start finding them on your own because, you know, the wool is being pulled over your eyes. That's why they have alternate uh, news sites and news mm-hmm. sources. Even we try to give you stories you probably don't hear in the, in the media all that much. Uh, we are one of them. But there are others like ours out there that uh, you should go to because you're not getting it from the mainstream media. Not at they, all. They're giving you a... Prepared script. Um, We've just about done it, my friend. Can you believe it? If you want to uh, reach us, you can call us at 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. There's mail at itsanotherday.com and, of course, uh, mail at crnamerica.com. So 
You've got a lot of ways to get in touch with us. Do give us a like on our Facebook page, which mm -hmm. we have a couple of them. We have it for CRN America. We also have It's Another Day. And link up, uh, like the page, uh, because the more you use it, uh, we have communication with you, and we'll come up with a few more. So we're not really social media guys, but that's... You also brought out, uh, you mentioned uh, that you went to our website, and you found an interesting little tidbit about where our website is being uh, looked well, at. Yeah, I looked at the analytics, and I'm sitting there going, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're in every continent. Now, you know, you go, oh, how many continents are, are there? Well, well, seven continents, but it doesn't matter. The simple fact is there are thousands and thousands of people all over the map that I'm seeing that are listening, including Russia, including the Ukraine, including you know, Australia, and, you know, you got people in the U.K. Southeast Asia. Everywhere. Southeast yeah, Asia. You wonder how yeah. they find us. You wonder how they find us. We're glad you're there, by the way. Yeah. We're glad you found us. But it's interesting. I would love to know how, you'd, how you bumped into our, our program. As a matter of fact, if you want to uh, call us, you can tell us how you found the show. be interesting. 833-538-7868. You can call mm -hmm. that number, or you can email us. Mail it at itsanotherday.com. I know, like, in your area, if I see, when I see, um, you know, the, the city that begins with a B that you're in, mm -hmm. I'm going, well, that's probably Jim or some of the people right in his own neighborhood there. And then I see Allison Park, and mm -hmm. I see all of that stuff all around Pittsburgh. And yeah. uh, I'm going, yeah, okay, you know, you got a bunch of people there. And here I'm seeing Mountaintop and Dallas and, you know, uh, different in Berwick and different towns like that. And I'm going, Wow. So they're listening. And trust me, friends, I'm not Mr. Get Around in my area of the woods. You know, I walk out and unless the, more people know me, oh, yeah, you're the guy at the, the kid's foot. You know, I did yeah. football. <laughs> and I, I did it for years when my yeah. kids were in it. And I haven't had a horse in that race in years. But I, I think last year was the last year. But then I thought the year before that was the last year and so on and so forth. And they keep coming back. Well, you do it again, and I just figure, what do I so got you, to so do? So you, you announce the football games for the Midget Football League in your town, and they everybody in town knows you. Little do they know that there's a hidden Bill Knight, another side to Bill Knight, the Bill yeah, Knight, they, the the political analyst, the uh, the guy who every day wakes up at the crack of dawn. To tell the world of what's going on, it's 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 fascinating yeah. how this uh, whole process works. Uh, whoever we're everyday we're everyday people. You yeah. and I, we both have a regular life, and they go, "Oh, these guys must be rolling in the dough." No, we're just rolling in our sweet baby's arms, and that's it. Because uh, <laughs> we're not really making money from this. We're not business people of that sort. We know how to make the product. We know how to do it. And, 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 but and, this isn't to say that we wouldn't like to be profitable at this. If you'd like to uh, promote your business on a, a an up-and-coming program that can be heard around the world, this might be for you. And you can or call you're a marketing-savvy guru that sees an opportunity to make us money and make you money. Yeah, we talk. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that because there's a window of opportunity for what we do. And that window of opportunity really depends on the listener because, you know, Jim and I have talked about this before, you know, this show could all end come election time next year because right. depending how it goes, uh, if it goes to Biden and whatnot, you have a little bit of feet, a uh, little bit of room there, but then when he takes over again, that would mean that, that they're going to squelch. They're uh, going to clamp down on, on free speech. Yeah, and, and then, then you know, for what, you know? Yeah. But if if we consolidate the power and, and hold power, mm -hmm. and I hate to use that word power, but you have, to, you have to look at it what it is. We have to have control and balance. If we do that, then there are things to talk about it because you have things in both sides of the fence and things that people need to know. Right now, you need to know what's going on. We're like, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, whatever radio for the troops. We're letting you know We're what's like going arms, on. We're like Armed Forces Radio Network. <laughs> yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Political Forces Radio Network. There you yes. go. Same thing. <laughs> hey, have a great day, folks. Uh, thanks for being here with us. And uh, we'll be with a little bit of luck, uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Have a great day, Bill. Hey, you do the same. I'm out of here.
the voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?